you're limiting the size, you're limiting the scope, you're limiting the types of deals, limiting the amount of the number of deals that you're willing to do, right? Because something is holding you back. Well, when you see that gap, it may not feel good in the beginning, but here's the great thing about a gap. A gap tells you exactly what work you need to do. Welcome to the Fueling Deals Podcast, the podcast that teaches how to accelerate your business growth through all types of deals. It's time to fuel up, so buckle in with your host, Corey Kupfer. There are only two ways to grow your business, organically through sales and marketing and providing great products and services, and inorganically through deals. Too many companies focus only on the first way, organic growth. Welcome to the podcast, which will help accelerate your business growth inorganically. My guests are a huge variety of deal makers and experts on all types of deals who have personal experience that can help you grow, get clear, learn best practices, and avoid mistakes. We discuss everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. And on this solo cast, I'm going to be talking about what it is to be a deal maker. Why are some people deal makers and other people aren't? And there's a lot of misconceptions out there, and I think people exclude themselves uh, from doing deals because they don't consider themselves deal makers, and they have a misperception about who is a deal maker. Uh, you know, it's somewhat similar to I, I talk often on the podcast about how um, you know, in fact, on the on the intro that I just read and I do on every show, we talk about uh, you know doing everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. And I've talked in some of the early episodes about the myths around even you know, who can do deals from a company point of view, right? Uh, you know, this misconception that you need to be a big company, you need to be, um, have a significant capital. And the fact that there are so many different deals, and if you've listened to the episodes to date, you know, you'll, you've seen so many examples of different types of deals. Well, there's also misconceptions about the entrepreneur, the business owner, the executive uh, on, you know, the fact that, well, I'm not a deal maker. So let's talk about who's a deal maker. And it's not, I'll tell you what it's not first. It's not, you know, one of those salesy, wheeler dealer, uh, you know, type people who are always out, you know, selling some, some new scheme or some new deal, et cetera. In fact, uh, I think especially in this day and age when authenticity and, uh, uh, you know, which everybody knows <laughs> who's listening to this is a big value of mine and transparency and, you know, uh, being coming from the right place and having a po positive social impact and not just trying to, uh, you know, um, figure out some deal where you can make the most money. Uh, you know, we're in a time where that evolution is happening and where people, uh, you, whether it's the younger generation, whether it's through, um, you know, social media and other things that give exposure and light to things, um, that even if you uh, are that kind of deal maker and maybe you could get away with it in the past, it still wasn't the way to go. You can't do it anymore. So what is the new definition of dealmaker? And, and are you potentially excluding yourself uh, because you uh, don't match up to what uh, some sort of old or uh, antiquated or uh, truly not, not um, effective uh, view of a dealmaker is? Uh, well, to me, it's somebody that is just willing to learn, right? I mean, you know, you may easily jump to, hey, you got to be a risk taker to be a dealmaker. Well, you know what? It depends on what kind of deal you're doing. Yes, of course, there's risk in every deal. But if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, you've already taken a risk by starting a company and you have a certain level of risk taking. Now, I understand there are some people who are totally situational entrepreneurs and maybe, you know, they, they lost the job or they had some sort of opportunity, but, you know, that, that and they weren't intending to become entrepreneurs. But, um, 
even those people, I mean, listen, you're still running a business that has risks that, well, you're the one ultimately making the decision now where you have to meet payroll, where you have to make the business decisions right or wrong. So even if you didn't take that big jump, you know, uh, and, and you're not a pure, quote, true entrepreneur, like some of us are, where we're just willing to take that risk, you know, you'd still take ownership for the decisions and the risks and, and, and the consequences of the decisions you make. Well, listen, if you decide to do deals, you know, one of the things I say in the outro all the time is that the only difference between people who do deals and, and don't do deals are that the ones who do deals decide to do deals. So if you decide to do deals, it's like anything else um, that you might decide to do, right? Whether it's a new marketing plan, whether it's a decision to hire somebody, whether it's a decision to, um, you know, go in a different direction with your with your product, to add something to the product line. Um, all of these decisions are just decisions. There are things you need to learn if you haven't done it before. There's resources you need to put in place. There are, um, you know, uh, systems that you need to put in place. There are mistakes that you're probably going to make. Um, there are uh, people and resources that you're going to talk to who've done, maybe done it before to help guide you through, uh, you know, books you're going to listen to, like podcasts you may listen to. It's the same thing with deals. It's just another area where there's another learning curve if you haven't done it before. And if you've successfully uh, started a business, run a business, if you're an executive uh, at a bigger company or another company where you're in charge of a certain area of a business, um, you've done these kind of things. All the skills that it takes to do deals are the same skills that you've done with any other kind of new initiative, whether it's a marketing initiative, a hiring initiative, uh, you know, uh, some sort of um, other uh, arrangement, a partnership. Um, you know, a deal is the same thing. You need to learn the landscape, learn the industry, learn the opportunities out there, make some decisions on why you want to do the deal, figure out the resources that are necessary and, you know, do all of those things. So in my mind, if you are a, have a desire to help your company grow, to grow your company, if you own it, if you um, are uh, either not growing at the pace that you would like or not achieving a certain of the objectives that you like, uh, or, you know, I mean, maybe you're doing well on organic growth, but you just want to accelerate it. Well, you know, deals is just another way to do it. So, um, I, yes, do I think it involves some risk? Sure. But again, you're, you're making those risk decisions every day, even the things that, you know, you haven't done. And uh, does it take some willingness to go into the unknown if you're not familiar with it? Absolutely. But you've probably done that on some other things as well. Um, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember, you know, the days where I was figuring out how to buy my own supplies and what software systems I should use. And, and, you know, what is this thing called a computer? Because when I started my firm, it was, yes, computers were around, but you know, they were still, uh, they were still a DOS based. I'm dating myself a little bit. Right. And, uh, you know, so, so like, what is this software stuff? I mean, there's always things you, you have to figure out. So it's just another skill. It's a willingness to learn it. And it's uh, the desire to spend some time and figure it out or, and or hire the right people, whether it's uh, internally or externally, who have experience doing this, uh, you know, whether you're talking about investment bankers, lawyers, consultants, et cetera, or you're talking about business people who you can uh, hire a contract with um, to, who, who have experience in, in doing certain types of deals. Uh, and you get that advice and you start doing them. You know, you try one out, try a small one out. Um, and that's what it takes to be a deal maker. Um, now, listen, Obviously, like anything else, you build your skill level as you go forward and you're better and better at deals, the, the better of a negotiator you are, um, the better uh, that you understand structuring, the better that you understand how to bring together uh, disparate organizations and cultures. 
um, the better you understand how to do due diligence on a deal so that you don't miss anything and run into trouble. Um, you know, but those are all learned skills as part of the deal making process, just like there are components to, uh, to anything else. Um, so what, what are some of the things that come up? You know, I've asked a couple of the guests on the, uh, on the podcast, on previous podcasts, what they think makes, you know, a deal maker. And then, you know, some of the, inter- some of the uh, answers have been interesting. Um, you know, for me, I think that our, everything that holds us back, whether it's the decision to say, hey, I'm not a deal maker, or I don't know how to do deals, or it's the decision not to take some other kind of risk or learn some other kind of area that would grow your business more um, uh, rapidly or in a better way, uh, come down to usually the decision makers, right? When we have limiting beliefs, when we are not confident in ourselves, when we say that that's not me, when we don't think we can do it, if we lack, uh, you know, the, the, we feel like we lack the knowledge or we just don't feel like it's us, that's when we run into trouble. Um, and listen, there is an internal, you know, in, in everything I do, I always come back to talk about this internal body of work. Um, there's always an internal body of work that's involved in, uh, in addition to the external research, right, in addition to understanding the market and the deals and the different things that are out there and the way they're structured and how you value them and all kind of stuff, there's this internal body of work that um, many of us uh, at various stages of our careers need to get by where if you're saying to yourself, I'm not a deal maker, or I'm too afraid to do deals, or I uh, am too busy to do deals, right? Or I need to focus over here, right? You're working too much in your business than, as opposed to on your business. Um, all of those kind of things are things that are going to stand in the way of you having this other vehicle, this inorganic growth uh, vehicle to grow your business, and to do along with the hopefully successful organic growth uh, efforts that you're doing as well. Um, so look at what is coming up for you internally. Look at, is there a fear there? Is there a lack of confidence there? Is there a um, sense that that's not you know, who you are? Is there a misperception, again, of the types of deals that you can do? You know, maybe you're not going to do a big merger and acquisition, but is there a joint venture, a licensing opportunity? Is there a uh, key partner that you can do more with, uh, you know, to sign a joint uh, uh, marketing agreement or something like that? Um, If you feel yourself limiting and not looking at those things, look inside and try to figure out what is coming up for you that is having you not do this. And here's the thing about it with any of this internal work that I always encourage people to do. It does get scary. It could even be depressing sometimes, right? Because you can come up against the things that are holding you back. And it, 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 you know, and what it does is it shows you the gap. And the interesting part for me is that some people hate when they see the gap. And listen, there have been times when I've seen the gap and I have not liked it. I mean, this is highest and best use exercise that I talk about a lot of the times. I'm not going to get into it here. I'll, maybe I'll talk about another show. But when I first did that and saw this percentage of time that I was spending my highest and best use area and how low it was, you know, seeing that gap made me sick. But what it also did and what seeing the gap uh, will do for you when you do that internal work um, in, this, in trying to figure out why you don't see yourself as a deal maker. Or, by the way, it could be that you have done deals, but you don't see yourself as doing bigger deals, right? You're, you're limiting the size, you're limiting the scope, you're limiting the types of deals, limiting the amount of the number of deals that you're willing to do, right? Because something is holding you back. Well, when you see that gap, it may not feel good in the beginning, but here's the great thing about a gap. A gap tells you exactly what work you need to do. If you have a desire 
and that, and that desire is not yet achieved, and you look at where you are, you look at where you'd like to be, and you see the gap, that is a beautiful thing in my mind. Because if you reframe it from any kind of failure or feeling bad about yourself or saying, you see, I'm not successful at deals or whatever the gap may be that you look at, then what happens is you say, oh, that's great. Listen, I'm here. I want to be there. I think maybe some of these kind of deals would help me get there. And you know what? I am, I've got some fear in this area or I just don't feel like my negotiating skills are up to snuff. So I think I'm going to get taken advantage of. So that's what I'm worried about. Well, you know what? If that's the case, well, now you can go out and get some negotiating training. Come to one of my authentic negotiating uh, you know, trainings or ask me to come in or do someone else's work. I'm not trying to make a pitch here. My point is that you know, it'll show you the gap. Um, you know, what fear you need to overcome, what skill you think you lack, what um, team you're, you, you, know, you, you think you're missing, which you can now build. It gives you the roadmap to get where you want to be. So look at why you are not doing deals. Look at why you think you're not a deal maker. Look at what you're worried about. Look at what you're afraid about. Look at what you, skills you don't think you have in place. Look at what limiting beliefs about yourself or your team. You know, may, maybe you look and your biggest hesitation is the fact that you don't think you have the right people in place. So you can be overwhelmed. I mean, listen, I just, I just hired a couple of people and my, I, I think I shared this maybe on an earlier uh, podcast, maybe a separate video I did uh, where I talked about the fact that I was artificially, I had this great issue where I had an opportunity to get a lot of, you know, continue to grow, uh, which we have significantly, but even faster. And my limiting, uh, my worry, which is subconscious at first, and then I identified it, was that we didn't have the team in place, the capacity in place. And if I was out there more and I got even more business, that we wouldn't be able to handle it and service our clients at the level uh, in the law firm. This was specifically my law firm um, that I was committed to. So it was artificially holding me back. Well, when I realized that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, uh, uh, that was an undistinguished limiting belief that I didn't realize I had. And then once I realized I had it, well, then I was able to say, okay, why am I afraid about capacity? Well, there were some legitimate reasons to be afraid about capacity. We were handling clients well up until this point, but, you know, it was getting sort of to be on the edge, right? And, and, uh, and I knew if I brought in a lot more business beyond the growth we already had, which was, you know, significant year over year, that uh, I, I thought that, that things would drop off. And you know what? I was probably right. So now I said, okay, what do we need in place? Hired another senior attorney, very senior attorney, and hired a, 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 another admin person. Okay. Once I had that in place, and frankly, even once I owned it, you know, like I, I was interviewing and I knew I had that in place, and I would get that in place, it freed me up. And, and I went out there and now, you know, the, we, we've been bringing in business even at a much higher rate and we've been handling it easily because I have more capacity. And by the way, that capacity has even, you know, freed me up more. It's like sort of this positive snowball effect, right? And it's, and it's freed me up to, uh, to think about other possibilities because now I have the right team in place, which I wouldn't have if I hadn't broken through that limiting belief. So if you have a limiting belief around uh, doing deals or types of deals or size of deals or number of deals or uh, any of that kind of stuff, uh, and you really study it and you see what's underneath it. Well, you know, maybe you need some negotiating training. Maybe you need to hire some folks. Maybe you need to put some more systems in place. Maybe you need to spend some time with your buddy who's done a lot of deals and really get, you know, steep in it more. Whatever it is, you'll see the path forward. And then it's just a matter of commitment and persistence and time and willingness to grow and learn. Uh, and you'll get there. So 
that's you know my encouragement here. Don't um, uh, you know to some extent uh, people are self-selected who listen to this podcast because it is a deals podcast. But I'm hoping, and I do know because I've gotten comments. People have reached out to me for support. It's it's amazing what's happened with the podcast. Uh, you know where there are a lot of people who um, uh, you know there are a lot of deal makers who who like the podcast because they get different perspectives and and they you know hear what's going on in the industry and the and the various industries and that kind of stuff. But we also have a lot of listeners who are just, you know, exploring deals and looking at it. And especially for those listeners, but again, even for those who are a little further along, but may have hit plateaus and may want to take the deal, make it to the level, this all applies. You know, do that internal work. Look at what your limiting beliefs are. Try to figure out um, what that shows you in terms of the path forward internally. And then also do whatever external research work, hiring, contracting, uh, learning, et cetera, that you need to do. And what will open up for you is just a huge, you know, um, set of other options. And again, this is, you know, while you're doing your, your organic growth things, but now the whole world's going to open up to say, Hey, maybe I can do that licensing deal. Maybe I can do that affiliate uh, deal online. You know, maybe there is a small acquisition, a little tuck in that I can do. Um, you know, maybe it really makes sense for me to, um, actually, you know, merge my firm with some other big company, or maybe there's a strategic alliance that I've been overlooking because I had a limiting belief that that company wouldn't do business with me. Well, let's break through that. I mean, I have amazing examples of companies, you know, tiny companies that have gotten deals with, 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 with bigger companies or real strategic deals. I mean, it happens all the time. It's just a matter of, you know, what stands in the way mostly is, is any limiting beliefs we have. So I'm encouraging everybody to, to, to work, to break through those. Um, you know, we don't want to do deals just to do deals. In fact, uh, sometimes people do the internal work and they figure out they don't want to do deals. And that's great. But too many people don't take advantage of this phenomenal opportunity to provide an additional vehicle uh, to grow your company. And it's because of these things that limit us. So let's break through those folks. I'm really um, excited if I can be a resource to you in any way in doing that. I am thrilled to do that. I look forward to you having more successful business growth, fulfilling all your goals and dreams as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as key executives. And thank you, Fueling Deals listeners, for tuning in. Remember, there is only one difference between companies that grow inorganically and those that don't. And it's unrelated to size, amount of capital, or any other factor, other than that the owners and executives of companies that do deals make a decision to do deals, and then they take action. It's time to refuel. So until next week, Corey Kupfer signing out. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to leave Fueling Deals a rating and review on iTunes and Google. Check out all our episodes at fuelingdeals.com to find out more resources to accelerate your business growth. 